This is fan fiction only and is not supported or endorsed by Lucasfilm. The Adventures of Vasily Gikovich Popov A what-if story of Vasily Popov if he somehow appeared in the Star Wars universe by John Damocles Smith Vasily Gikovich Popov explored the Imperial vessel he stowed away in. The skeleton staff made it easier for him to sneak from room to room as he excitedly poked his nose into everything which was not his business. He saw the door at the north end of the corridor open and quickly hid in the doorway he was about to leave from. A slender man in an imperial officer's uniform marched past Vasily's hiding place, and as soon as he disappeared through the door in the south end of the corridor, Vasily quickly entered the room the officer came from. By the look of the materials upon the desk, he assumed the room belonged to the ship's captain. He looked through the drawers without disturbing the contents, and, to his delight, he found a lightsaber. A genuine lightsaber. This was too good a find to be caught with, so Vasily hid it in his shirt and decided to leave the room immediately. Running back to the room at the side of the corridor he came from, he panicked as soon as the door at the opposite end of the captain's office opened once again. He saw not the captain, but six Imperial stormtroopers, with their Blastechi 11 blaster rifles pointing. Well, well, look what the security monitors have spotted, said the one in the lead. They approached, Vasily shaking as their leader pointed the barrel of his weapon at his throat. Keep that thing away from me, Vasily wanted to say. Quick men, show this scum what we do to intruders. Their leader backed up, and the other five commenced fire. Luckily for Vasily, the stormtroopers were known to be quite hopeless shots, all they succeeded in doing were blasting holes in many parts of the corridor. They ceased fire, and one of them said, You're under arrest. Come with us. He didn't know which of the stormtroopers had addressed him, since they all seemed to speak in the same type of voice. So he looked at the one in front of him. Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you, bellowed their commander. But I am. Irritated, the stormtrooper on his left grabbed him by the sleeve and commanded, I said, look at me. Scared, eyes widening, staring at the menacing helmet, the next thing their commander did was spin him halfway around and said, Get in there. Vasily got shoved into one of the holes blasted into the wall and slid down a smelly shaft. He landed into a place full of scrap metal, alloys, papers, and two feet of stagnant water. The smell made him waste no time in looking for the control panel. In fact, it smelt as if Darth Bruticus had farted in there. To his despair, none of them worked, and panicked by the time he heard a heavy noise and saw the walls move toward each other. He looked for anything he could in order to brace the two walls together, but the opposing forces were too strong. With only four feet left of room, he climbed upon the top of the scrap metal to prevent himself from getting crushed sooner. Then it stopped. The walls retracted about ten feet, and Vasily slipped down and partly landed in the stagnant water, wincing from the stench. The entrance opened, and he saw the laughter of the stormtroopers. They did not enter, but one of them leaned in, and for a joke he said, Careful not to shoot, it's magnetically sealed. 
watch. A single shot from the Blastec E11 hit near the top of the east wall, probably one of the most accurate shots Fossily had ever seen a stormtrooper do, assuming it even was accurate, and ricocheted in ways so disorienting that he expected to be hit at any time. More laughter from the troopers sounded after the blaster bolt hit some metal scraps. Oh yeah, I almost forgot, said one of the troopers far behind the others, throwing in a raw chunk of meat half the size of an astromech droid, Vosley's eyes widening by the time he saw a tentacle coming out of the water. Then a stalk with a single eye rose and eyed Vosley from a few feet away, the look threatening, as if to warn him to stay away from its food and then disappeared. Along with the next set of laughter from the stormtroopers, he felt himself dragged out of the trash compactor and shoved into a small, circular opening on the opposite side of its entrance. All right, that's enough for today. Finding himself sealed into a small area, he looked outside the window, seeing that the stormtroopers had already had their fun with him. One of them reached for something out of view, obviously to press a switch, and to his surprise, Vasily saw that he had been ejected into the open vacuum of space. Looking through another window, Vasily saw a planet looking very much like Mars, only with a blue atmosphere visible. He reached into his wet shirt and checked the condition of the lightsaber. Relieved that the stormtroopers hadn't found it on him, he checked for any wet areas and dried the tiny gaps in the recharge indicator. The escape pod hit the atmosphere. He didn't know how to pilot the vehicle, let alone how to engage the autopilot, so it shook uncontrollably and made him scared of the possibility of the craft breaking apart, yelling in panic for three whole minutes and only stopping by the time it crashed into the desert sands. When filled with relief, Vasily looked for the mechanism to open the escape pod. A panel with eight switches made him feel paranoid of what might happen if he were to press the wrong button. Who knows? One of them might be the self-destruct trigger, so he looked for a way to open it manually, and before long, he found it. Outside, he breathed an even bigger sigh of relief, as soon as he saw that the escape pod had missed the brownish rocks and escarpments which protruded like spikes. Thank God! He took full advantage of the desert heat to dry himself, took a moment to use the lightsaber to light his cigarette, and then ate from the emergency rations, starting with the high-energy biscuits. After half an hour of organizing the supplies from the escape pod, Vasily caught a strange smell. Sweaty. He turned and stared directly into the face of a Gamorian guard. The bass groaning sound hummed from its vocal cords. To his surprise, another approached toward his left flank, and approaching him directly was none other than... Boba Fett. Where did you come from? His computerized voice sounded as he pointed his blaster rifle. Uh, uh, from an Imperial ship orbiting or passing by this planet, I was a prisoner there. Fett's helmet moved slightly to his left, looking at the escape pod. Typical. The Empire always sticks its nose into places where it isn't their business, even in hut space. I'm getting tired of being sent to investigate anything which crashes nearby. Boba Fett's hand darted toward Vasily's belt, and after a single gasp from the quickness of the bounty hunter's actions, the next thing he witnessed was the lightsaber in Fett's right hand. He looked back at Vasily, waving it upward a single time with the statement, Hey, what 
You're no Jedi. After that, he saw the bounty hunter freeze. We better take him to the hut. He'd want to know about this. A Gamorian guard held Vasily by an arm each. He dreaded the thought of meeting the infamous Jabba the Hutt. The sights he saw along the way were scary enough. Now I know how that C-3P droid felt, he thought, and gasped inward at the sight of a giant spider-like droid body of a Bomar monk pass by. Upon being presented to Jabba, he wished he had Luke Skywalker's Force abilities. Boba Fett moved past Bib Fortuna and presented Jabba with the lightsaber Vasily had found. Welcome, human. You have done us a great deed. Its owner had promised me a generous reward if I were to find it. Vasily, surprised at Jabba's non-threatening speech, stood and listened to the rest of what the hut had to say. Boba Fett, I shall reward you seventy-five thousand credits for bringing this man in, or we would not have found this lightsaber. Vasily started to wonder who the lightsaber might have belonged to, and felt disappointed at not being able to keep it. But, despite the loss of the treasure he found upon the Imperial vessel, he felt relieved that circumstances didn't turn ugly because of his stroke of luck. Jabba, obviously relaxed from feeling so pleased, turned his attention back to Vasily. You, human, I wish to reward you. What is it you want? A new speeder? A shipment of spice? Credits, perhaps, to buy your own reward? Vasily felt hesitant to ask. Could I even have a, a, a hot slave girl? You know, they have it the uh, ooh-la-la. <laughs> uh, if not, I, I could think of something else. Oh, ho, 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 ha, 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 ha. Certainly, if that's all you ask, then that shall be arranged for you. Jabba turned his attention to his majordomo, Bib Fortuna. Show this human to one of the luxury guest quarters. I will personally choose a slave girl for this man. With the dignity of a polite host, Bib Fortuna gestured with his hands into the entrance of Vasily's assigned guest quarters. After you. As he took in the look of the whole room, impressed, Bib Fortuna and a female hut followed him in. The female hut, presumably a relative of Jabba's, since it was not Gardula the hut, commenced lighting some incense upon a rack on top of a mantelpiece set against the north wall. Honored guest, if you need anything, please ring with this, and feel free to ask for service, Bib Fortuna said, directing Vasily's attention to a black censer upon the west wall, and then left. Vasily felt excited at the thought of Bib Fortuna coming back with his slave girl. The female hut approached and asked Vasily if he wished to order drinks for the occasion. Vasily didn't know what types of drink huts served which were suitable for human consumption, so he explained this to the female hut. She understood. Are you a relative of Jabba the Hutt? he asked out of curiosity. No, sir, she replied with dignity. I am a relative of Gardula the Hutt. Then uh, what are you doing here? 
She lost me in a pot racing bet with the great Jabba, and I shall only leave if someone wins me back. I can't even begin to think why she would do that to another hut. You may not be a hut yourself, but I hope you could make a wager for me and free me of this place. Then her dignity changed as she held Vasily, attempting to kiss him, to which he pulled away. Surprised and shocked, she politely asked, "'Whatever is the matter, honored guest? I was told you like hut slave girls.' Realizing how circumstances turned out, Vasily panicked and ran out into the corridor, howling a single note all the way. The slave girl gave chase out of upset, and as soon as Vasily ran into Jabba's main audience chamber, she shouted, He rejected me! He rejected me! How dare he treat a hut like that! We huts are beautiful and dignified beings, and he failed to appreciate me. Vasily didn't hear the next thing the slave girl said because of Jabba's angry shouts. I gave you a reward, and you did not appreciate it. Fist pounding at the table where his hookah was affixed. How dare you reject my reward? You wanted a hot slave girl, and I gave you one. The protocol droid translated what Jabba said, and the enraged hut, annoyed at its bawling voice, ordered it to be disintegrated. But, my lord, we'll be without an interpreter if we do, replied Bib Fortuna. Upset, he didn't care and roared, Have it disintegrated! Four of the guards grabbed Vasily as he crossed the open space in front of their master. Guards, bring him to me. Vasily was held in place, and Jabba pointed. You will pay for this outrage. He slammed his fist onto something beside him. Upon doing so, the guard let go and Vasily fell into a trap door. Cheering and hooting from Jabba's main audience chamber could be heard from above as Vasily hit the sand covering the floor. The squeaky laughter of salacious crumb followed Jabba's distinctive <laughs> Vasily knew what was coming next as the giant vault door opposite of him opened. Cowering against the rough rocky wall, looking up at the rancor, he said to himself, Oh, I'm Panthapudu not knowing what to do. Jabba shouted from above, You are lucky I am in a good mood today, or I would have taken you to the great pit of Karkoon to be fed to the Sarlacc. Vasily hated to see what Jabba would be like in a bad mood. Although the rancor was big and monstrous, it seemed slow in movement. He attempted to run past, making a semicircle away from its left leg, and ran for the back door. As he expected, there was no way through, but then remembered what Luke did in the movie. He tried throwing a few objects at the switch, which would make the vault fall on top of the beast, but couldn't hit the target, his throws being just as inaccurate as a blaster shot from a stormtrooper. Desperate, he ran to activate the switch by hand, but the ranker's long arms reached for him, and he found there was no way past its claws. He backed against the Ranker Keeper's access door and watched the vicious beast come for him. Vasily fell back and felt himself being moved backward through midair. Through his fear, he never realized the door opened behind him until he noticed he wasn't even touching the ground. Upon the second his feet met the ground again, he turned around and found himself face to face with none other than Lord Bruticus. 
Mr. Brutal Guy, what are you doing in Jabati Hut's palace? And why did you save me? I thought you hated me. Reclaiming my lightsaber, and I do hate you, you mentally deficient fool. I use that anger and hate for my dark side exercises. Confused, Vasily didn't try to understand the Sith Lord's statement, but thanked him for saving him from the rancor. Quiet, nerf herder, and come with me while they still think you got eaten. Ah! Vasily exclaimed as soon as the rancor's claw tips came through the rancor keeper's service door, touching his right leg. Lord Bruticus ignited his lightsaber's glowing red blade and poked its tip on top of one of the rancor's fingers. When it withdrew, he force-pushed its hand behind the door completely and closed it by means of telekinesis. One more thing, the Dark Lord said before making their leave. I didn't take you out of the pit to save you. I did it because I didn't want Jabba and his minions to have the pleasure of seeing you perish when I could have done it myself. The words by the Brutal One were certainly not reassuring, but that was all but forgotten by the time the Sith Lord had waved his hand and influenced Vasily with the Force. Follow me. We're going for a ride to Cloud City in the Bespin system. Lord Bruticus made his way to his Bantha leather recliner with a glass in hand. He leaned back slightly as he took drink and enjoyed the view of his latest decoration placed among his rare Sith artifacts, the rectangular frame of Vasily Gikovich Popov, frozen in carbonite. Part 2. Vasily's New Worst Day Another what-if story if Vasily were in the Star Wars universe by John Damocles Smith Featuring the characters of Special Guest Alan Fling as the Imperial Bridge Officer Joe Mignano as the Narrator, Lord Bruticus, and Vasily Gikovich Popov Alex McKeel as Lord Draconis Matt Watkins as Darth Asmodus John Damocles Smith as Jedi Master Damocles Rosie Dinamarca as Jedi Master Luna McBride, a.k.a. Lady Luna Colleen Driscoll as Darth Shavillo James Gibbs as Jedi Master Toga, Ashley M. Kalfas as Darth Fortery and Radmilla the Hutt, Patrick Delietto as Jedi Grandmaster Delpa Gaval, Sean Connaughton as Grand Jedi Master Seiko Barak. This is the account of Vasily Gikovich Popov when he met the fans of the Dark Empire Costume Club. Needless to say, it was not fun. If he thought that being frozen in carbonite was bad enough, then he would be unprepared for what would happen in his immediate future. It was a good thing that he was not C-3PO, otherwise he'd probably short-circuit. Such is the life of Vasily. He was not the chosen one. He was a very naughty boy. Lord Bruticus sat in his Bantha leather recliner, waiting for his guest to arrive. Looking up at his favorite decoration, Vasily Gikovich Popov frozen in carbonite, the Dark Lord held up his glass, eager to know what his guest would think of it, and said, You've never looked better. 
A half-minute later, Lord Bruticus's servant droid shuffled in to inform her master that his guest has arrived at the door of his Cloud City apartment. Welcome, Lord Draconis. Make yourself at home. Greetings, Lord Bruticus. So this is what your new place looks like. By the way, how did you get it? I thought that there were none left for new residents. Well, the Baron Administrator lost it to me fair and square, if you know what I mean, waving his hand in a mock force persuasion gesture, and the two laughed. Oh, and I'm sure that you're eager to see what I wanted to show you, Lord Bruticus said, after he poured them their drinks. A quick, spontaneous, aha, came from Draconis as soon as he saw the state Vasily had been in during the past five days. Now I'd say that's something which reflects his character. I should have known that you'd think of something which would suit him, and then took drink. By the way, what's that smell? Oh, Jabba the Hutt had been here for lunch. The spray the servant droids used hasn't taken it all out yet. Then gestured toward a window and opened it widely with the force. So did you bring any company? Draconis asked. Why, of course. I wouldn't want my most honored guests to be without any. This way. Darth Bruticus led Lord Draconis into the lift to take him down two levels to the private lounge. Excellent, Lord Bruticus. Why shouldn't we have Sith slave girls? If it's good enough for those filthy huts, then it's good enough for us. The door of the lift closed. After the two Sith Lords left the room, someone else entered it and approached the carbonite block. With a few key presses at the side control panel, the block melted. Vasily was free and got caught by his liberator to prevent him from falling upon the red carpet. Just try to relax for a moment. You are free of the carbonite, said an electronically distorted voice. I... I can't see. You have hibernation sickness. Your eyesight will return in time. The self-proclaimed Russian Star Wars expert's memory came back and felt a liquid being sprayed into his eyes. Who, who are you? Vasily's liberator took off her helmet. Someone who loves you. Now let's move it. Vasily's vision returned, and he saw a hut slave girl, the very same one he met at Jabba's palace, that is, a hut slave girl who is literally a hut. Hey! he gasped, remembering the way she got upset at his rejection of her before. He spun toward a deep second sound. Oh, oh. there is no need to be alarmed, human. In fact, I've come to make a deal. You wanted a hot slave girl, and I gave you one. I mean, look how beautiful she is, Vasily panted in fear. I don't allow just anyone to be with her. Jabba let out a single hum of annoyance. Look at her. How could you resist a face like that? Everyone throughout hut space can't understand why she's still single. Vasily tried to repress his fearful shivering. How could you have the audacity to be so rude, so unappreciative of this beauty? You are just like all the others, such a perfectionist. Everyone can see how cute she is. Vasily felt helpless as Jabba moved his great bulk toward him. I don't understand why you could not possibly have any feelings for poor Radmilla here. But she wants me to forgive you. I'm prepared to do that, but only if you agree to my terms. 
Vasily saw that he just might have a way out, hoping a simple apology would suffice. If you agree, you will have my forgiveness and will also be granted my protection. Jabba paused to make sure Vasily was listening. Under the condition that you marry her. Vasily panicked and ran before Jabba had the chance to say, Do you agree to my terms? And disappeared out of the window Bruticus previously opened, plummeting toward the deeper layers of Bespin and watching Cloud City shrink away from view. Brutal guy! An open-topped speeder raced through the clouds. The driver let go of the yoke with one hand and caught Vasily by means of a forced gesture. After the surprise of landing softly upon the unoccupied seat, not expecting to hit anything on his way to the gas giant's core, he turned to his rescuer and recognized Darth Fortiri. Startled to be near a Sith Lord, he said, Ah, oh, it's you! One of you rotten Dark Empire people! Let me go! Let me go! Nice to see you again, Vasily. Very well, if you don't want to come with me, I can send you back to Jabba and that slave girl if you like, replying as if she thought it was all a joke. Ha! No! Not with them! Send me somewhere else! Vasily shuddered. Then you're going for a ride to my place. I have something special planned for you. As Darth Fortiri's speeder streaked farther west, Vasily's mind became filled with thoughts of many unpleasant possibilities, dreading the thought of what a Sith Lord would have in store for him. After landing in the docking port, the Twi'lek Darth Fortiri and a few of her guards escorted the self-proclaimed Russian Star Wars expert into a spacious lounge. During dinner, Vasily asked what she wanted with him, but she would only tell him to never mind. He decided it was no use pressing the Sith Lord for answers, so he took more drink to wash down the meat he was eating. Hmm, what is this I just ate? It's delicious! That was Tongue of Hut. Vasily's eyes widened, and he saw that she withheld a laugh. And the marinade was made from its own saliva. Since he already swallowed the meat, Vasily felt his stomach get upset, as Darth Fortiri still looked without laughing. No change in expression from either her voice or facial gestures. He knew he should never have trusted anyone from the Dark Empire. They were too unpredictable. Darth Fortiri sensed the presences of Lord Bruticus and Lord Draconis, then told Vasily that they were coming. Before she had a chance to finish what she was saying, Vasily panicked. Ah, Draki guy too? No, please don't let Mr. Brutal guy get me. Well, listen to my plan, and I'll use the Force to help hide you. But you have to be quick. He could not understand how Fortiri could be so calm, since they were pressed for time. The Brutal One stormed into Fortiri's Cloud City residence, followed by his royal guards and Lord Draconis. The two Sith Lords force-pushed some of her guards away to break through the lounge's double doors. Inside, they found her relaxing in a recliner, surrounded by four handmaidens, dressed in full purple uniforms and auburn wigs, two of them giving her a manicure and two a pedicure. Lord Bruticus, honestly, do you have to come in without knocking? Then blew off some filed particles from her fingernails. Can't you see that I'm busy? The brutal one could see that she purposefully pretended that she didn't know a thing. In fact, she didn't hide it. Seeing his anger build up from this, Draconis refrained from laughing. 
Bruticus scoffed. All right, stop the charade. Where is he? I know you did it. I sensed the dark side outside my Bespin residence. Are you sure that it wasn't Jabba's body odor you sensed out the window? Very funny, Fortiri. Now out with it! Lord Draconis hoped Bruticus didn't notice his suppressed laughter after she replied that it was either that or what was left of his signature force fart outside the air vents. It was you. Only a Sith Lord has the dark side. It could have been the Emperor or Darth Vader. It was you. It could have been Darth Shavillo. It was you. It could have been Darth Asmodis. No, it wasn't any of them. Who else, with such a devious mind, could it be who possesses the dark side? Lord Bruticus stated in finality. Then, in that case, that narrows it down to either Vince McMahon or the head of the taxation department. No, Darth Fortiri, it was you, and only you. She never gave up on her coolness throughout the lies. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You think so? I think so. The brutal one could see that the interrogation was going nowhere. All right, Lord Bruticus said as he turned to leave, finger-pointing threateningly. But one way or another, I'll be getting him back. Rest assured, I'll be watching you. The Dark Lord stormed out in irritation, his entourage following. When their ships took off, one of the handmaidens stood up, and Vasily was relieved to be able to take off the wig of his disguise. Thanks for not sending me back to the brutal guy. I don't intend to. Vasily walked toward one of the other rooms. Where are you going? What do you think? To change out of this Sicilia handmaiden uniform, of course. Why should you change? I think you look cute in a dress. Suppressing the humiliation he felt, he opened one of the doors and felt Darth Fortiri use the force to pinch his behind from where she sat. He looked back and saw the look upon her face. It was that of a schoolgirl pretending she didn't do it, despite being the only one in the class. Annoyed, he rushed through the door, changed, and went back to the lounge. On his way, she stood up and placed her finger under his chin, tickling it, and said, It's all right. I think you'll enjoy your stay here. After a few strokes, he felt just like a character from a vintage cartoon show, being utterly charmed and floating in midair. As soon as she went to sit back down, he found that she used the force to literally float him in midair. <laughs> Darth Fortiri waited to laugh as soon as Vasily saw what happened. Hours passed. Vasily sat in his guest quarters reading Cloud City News. Still no indication as to why he was held there. He was given the title of Honorary Target by the Dark Empire because both Jedi and Sith alike loved to kill this comical, annoying man. Consequently, his fate was usually predictable. Not so this time. No one could get rid of him, because he, somehow, always turned up alive soon after. Lord Bruticus used him for his unpleasant, dark side exercises, and his reincarnations made him perfect for such purposes. Vasily, come in quickly! We're in danger! The Star Wars expert ran into the lounge. Darth Fortiri's lightsaber already ignited, her personal guards and security staff in combat stance. Stay behind the barrier! He did so. The Sith Lord also jumped behind it as all others shot at the invaders breaching through the armored lounge door. She spoke so that only Vasily could hear her. I will not give you up. You wanted to know what I want from you. I'll tell you now. It's common knowledge that you reincarnate after each death, and that might mean the secret to eternal life. 
so I want to bring you to my secret lab and conduct experiments on you to ascertain the possibility. Vasily's face reflected the shock he felt. Even dissect you if necessary. The mention of dissection made him feel as if he was about to collapse. I'll not give up my best chance of immortality to anyone. The wide double doors blasted apart. Oh no, brutal guy is coming back for me. He dreaded what would happen as a result of his dark side anger. Before long, only he and Fortiri were left. Come out of there, we have you now, said a female voice. If it wasn't Lord Bruticus, then who was it? The two slowly rose. Fortiri's saber still activated. The lounge was full of stormtroopers led by Darth Shavillo. She made her demand. Vasily, you're coming with us. Jabba the Hutt has just broadcast a bounty on you. I'm claiming it. Reluctantly, he allowed some of the stormtroopers to take him as Shavillo kept Fortiri covered with her lightsabers, a dual weapon separated into two beforehand. Vasily wished that those stormtroopers would not point their Blastechi elevens at him, as the sight of that weapon always scared him. The crazy Darth Shavillo laughed as he was escorted to her ship and bragging to Fortiri about the bounty being hers. Vasily spent three hours in the brig of Shavillo's speedy Corellian corvette. He did not touch the food he was given because he was paranoid that it might be something worse than Tongue of Hut. The brig door opened. I thought you'd like to come out and stretch your legs. By stretch your legs, Vasily hoped that's what the crazy Sith Lord wasn't going to do, literally. As she and her stormtroopers escorted him elsewhere, she said, We'll be meeting Jabba the Hutt in thirty minutes, so I thought you'd like to have a little fun while we're waiting. The stormtroopers chained Vasily to a blast-proof board and realized that he had been taken to a shooting range. Only joking, it was I who wanted a little fun while I can. She laughed quite purposefully and always enjoyed the mind games she played on her victims. The stormtroopers fired, but since they were generally hopeless shots, Vasily had the fortune of remaining uninjured. No! Darth Shavillo shouted deliberately and made it appear that she was over-dramatizing. It didn't matter to her that she knew it would happen. It was all a part of her love for making Vasily feeling uncomfortable. She grabbed a blaster from one of her troopers and shouted, This is how to shoot! Each blast, accuracy aided by the force, made so that she could trace the outline of Vasily, all hitting an inch close to every edge of his body. Shavillo hesitated and laughed genuinely because she didn't expect that the outline of blast points around him would look so funny. The stormtroopers secretly liked it because they thought she looked even more attractive. They all joined her faction just to serve under Shavillo. All right, let's try it without the chains, she said when her laughter subsided, unlocking the chains with a few force gestures. Now, Vasily, run back and forth from one side of the room to the other. I want them to practice against a moving target. She laughed every time she saw a fearful look upon his face. The ship received a signal to announce the arrival of Jabba the Hutt. Acknowledged, she transmitted to the bridge and then turned to Vasily. Sorry to put an end to all the fun, but I won't get that bounty if you stay here. Then ordered her stormtroopers to take him back to the brig. On the way, everyone felt the ship land. The stormtroopers reacted to the outer hull of Shavillo's Corellian corvette being shot at, and then pointed their blasters toward the security vault at the end of the brig's main corridor, as soon as they saw a lightsaber blade cutting a hole through it. The severed rectangular piece got force-pushed twenty-five feet along the corridor, instantly knocking all the stormtroopers down and out. The Jedi, about forty-three years old with blonde hair, said to him, 
I'm Jedi Master Toga, and I'm here to rescue you. You're who? Now go. Go. Take the left and go straight on. I can't come with you. There are too many things for me to take care of. Toga force ran and opened the next vault with a sidewards hand gesture with the force and disappeared through the next group of Shavillo's unfortunate stormtroopers. Vasily took Master Toga's instructions, and after three intersections, his path became blocked by a blast door closing in a split second. The same happened with the door behind him. In panic, Vasily spontaneously took the path to his right, only to see more stormtroopers come through. He turned around and ran as they shot at him, and then his path was rendered into a dead end because of another blast door closing. Freeze! Don't move! Their squad commander said in one of those voices they all seemed to have. Vasily, for once, felt brave. <laughs> I'm not in any danger. Everyone knows that you stormy troopers are such hopeless shots. They fired a few blasts in anger. <laughs> you can't hit me! Try again! They fired a few more shots in anger again. <laughs> I bet you if a protocol droid and an astromech droid moved across this hallway, you would not be able to hit them either. In more anger, the stormtroopers kept firing even as a door opened from someplace in the middle of the corridor, from which a golden protocol droid and a blue and white astromech droid rushed through to the door opposite and disappeared. <laughs> I told you! The self-proclaimed Russian Star Wars expert held out his arms and kept laughing. By the time they ceased fire again, a thought occurred to him. By the way, if you stormy troopers are such hopeless shots, then how did you defeat our Fortiris guards? The blast door behind him opened, and Vasily felt an ominous tap on the shoulder. His face fell as he turned around to see a young Sith Lord in a light brown hood, staring at him, and cross his arms. He recognized Darth Asmodus all too well. He felt the business end of his force lightning more than once. I helped them. His voice was like that of the Emperor's, only much thinner and much younger. His heart sank as soon as Shavillo appeared from behind him. Asmodus continued, And in exchange, we're splitting the bounty evenly. That's right, Vasily. Eighty percent for me and twenty percent for him. Asmodus turned to Shavillo, and they argued. That's not splitting it evenly. It is to me, Asmodus. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You think so? I think so, said Darth Shavillo in finality. Suddenly, a different voice intervened. No one's getting the bounty on this man, said Jedi Grandmaster Delba Gaval, coming out of seemingly nowhere, followed by Grand Jedi Master Siko Barak, who force-pushed the stormtroopers at the other end of the passage. Jedi Master Toga came from behind the squad of troopers and commenced dealing with them. Oh, no, you don't, Delpa Gaval. We'll get that bounty one way or another, and there's nothing you can do to stop us, said Shavillo challengingly. Not if we could help it, said Siko Barak, as Modus retorted defiantly. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. You think so? I think so, said Siko Barak as he ignited his white-bladed lightsaber at the same time as Delpa Gaval's blue one, and Vasily took the opportunity to escape as soon as Jedi and Sith alike started fighting. Vasily found a gangway after a few lucky turns and ran outside onto the landing strip as soon as he saw no sign of any Sith or stormtroopers. He expected to see the desert sands of Tatooine because he was on his way to being delivered to Jabba the Hutt. Instead, the planet looked like Coruscant without the skyscrapers. They appeared to be high-tech factories of some sort. Vasily headed southward toward the nearest building to find a hiding place. 
He found himself in a control room and tried to look for a way to open one of the other two doors. He noticed Darth Shavillo's Corellian Corvette upon the monitors and saw that no one else had appeared to have come out. Vasily. Startled, ah! he jumped with wide eyes. It seemed as if Darth's modus had appeared out of nowhere. Lord Bruticus aboard his Super Star Destroyer Dominator had been battling eight rebel Mon Calamari cruisers in the orbital space above Shavillo's landing area. Lord Bruticus, said an Imperial Bridge officer, two of their capital ships closing in, each of them taking a flank of our bridge. I'll help even the odds myself. You have the bridge, Admiral. Then turned to the Sith Lord behind him. Let's go, Lord Draconis. We have some rebel scum to deal with and force ran toward the hangars where their personal fighters awaited. Just as I thought, they're targeting us directly, said the bridge officer. Switch shield power to the command section, ordered the admiral. The dominator's command staff saw the volley of red laser blasts coming from both the nearest rebel ships. An explosion rocked the command crew. The bridge officer groaned. Oh, not again. Irritated, his superior officer yelled, Report! The bridge officer found himself about to utter something he had hoped he had never had to say ever again. Admiral, we've lost our bridge deflector shield. Intensive fire. I don't want anything to get through. Too late, shouted the bridge officer as he dove for cover. Explosions erupted in front of the command crew. Darthus Modus took Vasily into a spacious underground chamber beneath the control room, almost large enough to house Shavillo's ship. Welcome back, Vasily, said Darth Shavillo, giving him a scary expression, as if she looked forward to playing more of her infamous mind games. Before we turn you over to Jabba the Hutt, there's something you should see. She pointed to a portcullis large enough to hold an adult rancor. As it lifted, the ground trembled. Vasily expected something worse than Jabba's pet, which was just a juvenile. It was just as the Star Wars expert expected, something far more terrifying. Hello, human, said Radmilla the Hutt, slithering quickly toward him, her love for him shining in her eyes. He was only saved from being embraced and kissed by her because of Darth Shavillo demanding their bounty before they take him. Jabba the Hutt came through the opening escorted by ten Gamorian guards. Yes, as agreed, I'll pay you the bounty of 80,000 Republic credits. Ten percent of it will go to Darth's modus. What? Why does she get the 90%? Because she's much more cuter than you, boy. The Gamorrean guards laughed. Shavillo froze. She liked the comments coming from the Imperial serving under her, but not from this slimy piece of worm-ridden filth. Just joking, boy. Never mind how cute she is. You helped me find where this naughty human was kept, so she gets the 10%, and you get the 90%. What? screamed Darth Shavillo. A ship crashed through part of the roof. Its pilot force jumped down. Hold it right there, said Darth Fortiri. He's mine. I need him for my experiments. Another ship crashed through part of the roof. Its pilot also force jumped down. Oh, no, you don't, shouted Lord Bruticus. He's my property. You had stolen him from me, Fortiri, and I'm taking him back. In a Bacta tank if necessary. Vasily had been in a Bacta tank so often that he felt as if he were about to lose control of his legs just by thinking about it. Yet another ship crashed through part of the roof. Its pilot, Force, jumped down. 
That's right. Vasily is his property, and I'm going to help him. Vasily leapt back at the sight of the Sith Lord. Ah! Draki guy! Five ships crashed through part of the roof. Their pilots force jumped down. The group of Jedi gathered, and two of them came forward. Vasily recognized the forty-year-old Jedi Master with long brown hair and the James Hetfield mustache clad totally in black, Master Damocles. Ah, the John Damocles guy, he said softly. The other he did not recognize, a beautiful female Jedi with long black hair named Luna McBride, a.k.a. Lady Luna. Vasily suddenly wished it was her who placed the bounty for him. He could not take his eyes off her. She looked far too charming. She looked like a beauty from Chile. There'll be no such transaction. Vasily is now under Jedi protection, and he's coming with us, Master Damocles said, his heavy-gloved hands ready to grab a lightsaber each from his utility belt. Lady Luna added, If you don't hand him over, you'll give us no choice other than to take him by force. Make this easier for yourselves. I suggest you take the deal said Grand Jedi Master Siko Barak. Jedi Grand Master Delpa Gaval whispered to Master Toga, These are Sith Lords. You will never find a more wretched group of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. I'm ready for anything. Vasily knew that the Sith would not listen. Oh no, those rotten Dark Empire people will start a big fight. And surely enough, those rotten Dark Empire people did. Lightsabers ignited, and the opposing sides headed for each other. For once, he was not caught in the middle, but with the Sith and Huts in the way, Vasily saw no way to escape with the Jedi, so he retreated upstairs to the control room upon the surface. He noticed the monitors and the display of Lord Bruticus' flagship dropping from orbit, and a diagram on another indicating that it will fall into their immediate area. There was evidently no way out, unless someone did something immediately. Lord Draconis crashed through the door to apprehend Vasily. No, Draki guy! Look at these screens! We have no time! But I have a plan! Vasily explained, but Lord Draconis was skeptical and demanded that he'd come and escape in Lord Bruticus' shuttle. But Draki guy, it will work and we all will be saved! Oh yeah? Oh yeah! Yeah? Yeah! I think so! Watch! Vasily pulled down a control lever and the secret weapon within Darth Shavillo's hideout a giant turbolaser battery, came out of its concealed area and fired at the side of the Super Star Destroyer, near the tip, and it turned almost 90 degrees. After several shots, the still-functioning engines pushed it away. Lady Luna came in and saw what happened and sensed through the force that Lord Draconis had changed his mind about Vasily. Lady Luna used her diplomatic skills. I think we now have a way to settle all of this, don't you? Draconis nodded. The three went back into the underground chamber, and both the Jedi Master and Sith Lord told the disputing sides of what happened just before a ship crashed through part of the roof. Its pilot lowered himself down with a speeder bike, because he could not force jump. Lord Bruticus recognized his bridge officer. You, human, you have done a great deed. As a reward, I now release you of your obligation to marry Radmilla here, to earn my forgiveness. You have done that already. The bounty is now null and void, declared Jabba. Disappointed, Darth Asmodus and Darth Shavillo had nothing to gain. However, knowing that their lives got saved, they felt an obligation to express their gratitude. Asmodus bowed to Vasily. 
Thank you. See you around. Shavillo bowed. Thanks a lot, honorary target. It's been fun while it lasted. Bye. Darth Forturi approached after the two turned to leave upstairs. It's okay. I'll find some other way to find the secret to eternal life. Instead of you, I'll turn to the midichlorians. Maybe they will direct me to wherever the secret lies. She tickled him under the chin like she did earlier, but this time she didn't use the force to make him float. She smiled and said, It's okay, once again. After she left, he felt Lord Bruticus put his arm around him. The padding action on Vasily's right shoulder felt more like slaps from a wooden plank. I usually don't like to say thanks, Vasily, so I won't. But what I will say is that we definitely owe it to you, or none of us would be standing here. Go with the Jedi. Everything turned out all right. As Lord Bruticus and Lord Draconis moved to leave, his bridge officer complained. Maybe for him it has, but certainly not for me. Do you realize what happened to me up there? I'm definitely not going to go through that again. The first time was bad enough with three months in the Bacta tank. I don't even know how I got out in one piece. Vasily sympathized, since he had been in a Bacta tank so often that it's not funny, at least not to him anyway. But to the fans of the Dark Empire, it certainly is. For once, Lord Bruticus was in a good mood and tried to be helpful to his distressed officer. If you wish to resign your commission as a bridge officer, I can arrange something else for you. You were a stormtrooper once, so I'll personally reassign you as a squad commander if you like. My lord, it will not work. The stormtroopers would never take me back. Surprised to hear that, Lord Bruticus' brow lowered in confusion. Why not? Because they all know I could shoot straight. Then he threw his hat and the outer jacket of his imperial uniform down to the floor, then jumped onto his speeder bike. Lord Bruticus, no more imperial service for me. I quit and then rode away, shouting as he did so. I quit! The last one to say anything to Vasily before the Jedi would take him was Radmilla the Hutt herself. She held Vasily's hands. This time, he was careful not to do anything which would upset her. Thank you. Thank you for saving us all. What you did was so brave. I would also like to say I'm sorry for anything I or the great Jabba had ever done to you. I'll leave you alone. Farewell. Vasily was relieved, especially since she made no attempt to kiss him goodbye. All so hard to believe that a day like this could turn out so well. An almighty bang occurred. It was as if an asteroid had hit the ground. What happened? shouted Lord Bruticus. Darth Asmodus, who was nearest to the monitors upstairs, responded, What's left of your command ship has crashed twenty kilometers north of us. Five of the rebel cruisers are destroyed, and so are Jabba's shuttles at Spaceport 2. What about us? We've lost the Sith Yacht Club, the Sith Tennis Courts, the Sith Movie Theater, and, you're really not going to like this, the Sith Cheesecake Factory. The Sith Cheesecake Factory! Rage filled Lord Bruticus as he, the Sith, the Jedi, and the Hut entourage alike commenced chasing the already running Vasily Gikovich Popov. All through the panic and concentration upon getting away, the only thing that the self-proclaimed Russian Star Wars expert could hear was Lord Bruticus shouting, That does it! That does it! No one, and I mean no one, does that to my supply of cheesecake. So, 
No more Mr. Nice Guy for you, Vasily Gikovic Popov. This is fan fiction only by John Damocles Smith and not made for profit and no copyright infringement is intended. Author's note, this story is dedicated in memory of my friend Sean P. Connaughton, a great fan of Star Wars who has changed my life. Thank you so much, my great friend. You were loved by so many. Rest in peace. The Adventures of Vasily, Part 3, Vasily's Revenge. The final what-if story of Vasily if he somehow entered the Star Wars universe. Featuring the characters of Sean Connaughton as Grand Jedi Master Siko Barak, Joe Mignano as Lord Bruticus and Vasily Gikovich Popov, and Jedi Master Arnie, John Damocles Smith as Master Damocles and Grievous, Rosie Dinamarca as Luna McBright, a.k.a. Lady Luna, James Gibbs as Jedi Master Toga, Malcolm Nye as Darth Perseus, Matt Watkins as Darth Asmodus, Liam Jones as Sith Lord King Sabbath, Colleen Driscoll as Darth Shavillo, Ashley M. Kalfas as Darth Forteri and Jedi Knight Alora Cal, Patrick Delietto as Jedi Grandmaster Delpa Gaval, and Alex McKeel as Sith Lord Draconis and Jedi Knight Orion Nightstar. Vasily Gikovich Popov had saved the Jedi, Sith, and Jabba the Hutt's entourage altogether thanks to his quick thinking. However, after Lord Bruticus' flagship, the Super Star Destroyer Dominator, had crashed from orbit, resulting in the loss of some rebel star cruisers, Jabba's ships, and Sith property, the brief moments of forgiveness ceased. All three sides gave chase, their differences becoming irrelevant during that moment. To this annoying comical man's fortune, he managed to find a shuttle with a pilot droid inside. It made the jump into hyperspace, and then the self-proclaimed Star Wars expert found an out-of-the-way planet to hide after a crash landing. And that's where Vasily dropped in. Once again, as always, he found himself in trouble with everyone. Such is the life of Vasily Gikovich Popov. He was not the chosen one. He was a very naughty boy. Another end of a repetitive day of hard work, sticky messes, and unbearable smells. During his time of hiding, Vasily Gikovich Popov had been working as one of the galaxy's least desired and least respected professions, a line of work which everyone would avoid, even if they were paid a job which everyone in the galaxy makes constant jokes about, one which guaranteed to end anyone's social life. For the past three months, Vasily worked as a nerf herder. He went into the decontamination showers and then joined the rest of his workmates in their communal building. Among the others holding their glasses of the ale-like Jawa juice, he watched a pair of nerf herders playing a game of darts using Princess Leia's picture as the target. Needless to say, as soon as word got out regarding the slur the Alderanian princess had used, she was not popular among Vasily's workmates. 
Vasily came through the entrance too late to hear what one of the players said, but the other replied, You know what? If she ever says that to my face, then I'm gonna tell her, Oh yeah? If we're the ones who are scruffy, then look at your hairstyle. You look like you've stuck a pile of pantapoodoo to each side of your head. The others in the drinking lounge cheered at his words, holding up their glasses. One of them, drinking at the bar counter, added, She could at least show us some respect considering that nerfs originated on her stupid planet. I'm glad the Empire blew it to pieces. Yeah! Everyone shouted collectively. It's a pity she wasn't on her world when they did it, said someone Vasily could not see through the crowd. I'd like to see her humiliated. In fact, I hope she gets sold to the huts and made into a slave girl. That's all she deserves, said a man sitting close to Vasily. After the bellows of rants, everyone who held a glass commenced singing their new song about her. Leia had a little nerf, little nerf, little nerf. Leia had a little nerf, whose fur was as brown as her poodoo. <laughs> Vasily settled down for another Jawa juice, missing the taste of vodka from the real world. His comlink beeped, and he made his way outside to his recently repaired shuttle. Vasily saw a holographic figure of a Kaminoan appear. This being was not affiliated with the cloners on his homeworld. This one belonged to a black market group. It informed Vasily that they successfully made a specific type of clone he ordered. Those illegal methods produced adult clones at an accelerated rate, but due to the method's inefficiency, the success rate was too unreliable. For the three months of Vasily's hiding, those rogue Kaminoans grew many specimens from his specifications all at once. Vasily was pleased that at least one had successfully been produced. A Geonosian appeared in the holographic display. The systems aboard the shuttle translated his speech, consisting of hums, buzzes, and clicks. The shipments of the merchandise you want are now available for you to pick up. I will come get them tomorrow. Where shall I meet you? Meanwhile, in the Bespin suite of Darth Fortiri, her guest, Darth Shavillo, received a transmission on her comlink from the bounty hunter she hired to track Vasily. She relayed the update to Fortiri. Good news. We have a lead. My bounty hunter intercepted a transmission made by Vasily. He just arranged to meet a few Kaminoans and Geonosians to collect an order he made from them. What kind of an order? He doesn't know, but as we speak, my bounty hunter knows where those black market Kaminoans are and is on his way there. Where is he headed? To a place called Kaninanuganana. Wait, don't you mean Kanuga? No, Vasily specifically said Kaninanuganana. Let's go while we can catch him. I can't now, I'm busy. But all you're doing is getting your nails done by your handmaidens. Fortiri exhaled a breath of annoyance, and then retorted, Yes, what part of I'm busy don't you understand? Vasily arrived at the secret laboratory of the black market Kaminoans. Upon being taken to the inner chambers, he met with the rogue Geonosians, who had grievances for the Empire. Do you have my clone here? Vasily asked. One of the Kaminoans called him in with a comlink. Upon seeing the figure step into the chamber, Vasily was impressed. He's good! One of the rogue Geonosians took Vasily into another chamber. Within it lay a special droid covered by a sheet. The Geonosians turned on the power. The droid's hand commenced to grip the part of the sheet covering its face. The self-proclaimed Star Wars expert said, 
It's alive! It's alive! When fully active, the tall droid stood in front of him, ready to obey. While in hiding, Vasily plotted to get back at the Dark Empire by using his vast knowledge of the Star Wars universe to counter them. It paid off. With all the arrangements finally complete, Vasily Gikovich Popov went outside to his shuttle with his astromech droid. It was one of the prototype models used by his fellow nerf herders, the kind which talked so a protocol droid was not needed. No one made those early prototypes anymore because of their irritating personalities, so the millions of units which never got sold were given to nerf herders across the galaxy to make their work easier. Big mistake. They, of course, didn't, but no one in the galaxy cared about nerf herders anyway. As Vosley argued with the nuisance, he heard a female voice call his name. Who could have known him in this part of the galaxy? He turned and recognized two members of the Dark Empire, a human and Twi'lek female, the human being Darth Shavillo, the daughter of Emperor Palpatine himself. She was dressed in black boots and a tattered dress, her hair messy like Helena Bonham Carter as she appeared in Harry Potter. She was infamous for her craziness and love for playing mind games with her victims, or with knives as she carved them up. The pale-skinned Twi'lek, being Darth Fortiri, her all-black costume consisting of a number of metal rings sewn into it and a belt of giant rings decorated her waist and what appeared to be purposefully torn stockings under her long skirt and heavy, low boots. She had elaborate tattoos decorating her leku beautifully and a line dividing her chin and under her nose. Well, look at Vasily now. He sure looks different, said Shavillo. Yeah, he looks like just a scruffy-looking nerf herder. Darth Fortiri added, and the two laughed to intimidate him. Hey, I was going to say that, Shavillo said, upset. The Dark Empire has been looking for you. You're coming with us, Vasily, or else. <laughs> Something's wrong. I sense no fear in him. Relax, Shavillo said dismissively. He's harmless. We can take him down any time we like. Just try not to break a nail, Fortiri growled. Just because you don't have any handmaiden to give you a manicure. Shavillo ignored her. Inside our shuttle, now, Vasily. Vasily joked. Well, Shavillo, at least she doesn't not need Princess Leia-Lala's hairdresser, he said of the Twi'lek Fortiri, who, of course, naturally had no hair. Neither of them looked too pleased, but he didn't care. Vasily continued. <laughs> you think you can get me now, you crazy girl? You may use the darky side of the force and your good looks all the time to get anything you like, but you won't get me today. You said good looks. So you think she's cuter, do you? Darth Fortiri ignited her lightsaber. Vasily purposefully didn't say a thing and crossed his arms as if about to laugh. Which one of us is cuter, Vasily? You'd better guess right, so think carefully, said Darth Shavillo as she activated her dual lightsaber. Yeah, Vasily, think carefully. You'd better guess it right, Darth Fortiri said. Neither of you, you rotten Dark Empire people, Vasily said and laughed. You dare say that to me, you slime, Darth Shavillo said, offended, and then Fortiri shouted, Hey, I was going to say that. Suddenly, the two Sith Lords stopped their petty bickering as soon as they sensed hundreds of presences heading toward Vasily. Destroyer droids! How was it possible they had not detected them through the Force? They rose to stand from their wheel mode and activated their shields. Before they commenced fire, the two force ran back to the ship they came in and launched with their shields up. 
Vasily watched the craft disappear into the sky. A dark figure came out of hiding. He ceased using the dark side to hide his presence, as he did with the destroyer droids just before. They're no match for destroyer droids, Vasily said to him. Ha 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 ha! I now have everything I need to get back at those rotten Dark Empire people! He's good! The nerf herder's astromech droid spoiled the moment, though, as it always did for him, by responding in its brash voice. Droidakas! Ha! What's so great about them? I can do one thousand things they can't ever do! I like them better than I like you! And why is that an advantage, Nerf Poodoo? Because they never talk, you silly bucket of bolts! If I'm a bucket of bolts, what does that make you, Nerf Poodoo? The reason why astromech droids are not made to talk anymore is because of prototypes like you. So what's so great about you now? Ha ha, Nerf Poodoo, Nerf Poodoo, Nerf Poodoo, said the droid as Vasily unholstered the lightsaber from his belt. He used its light blue blade to dissect it and then chopped from side to side a few times. Boring conversation anyway. Then turned to the dark figure beside him. I always wanted to say that. The saber shut down, followed by the sound of its deactivation. Another figure came out of hiding, the special droid the rogue Geonosians made for him, the replica of General Grievous, but in its case, 100% droid, not a cyborg like the original. The dark figure pulled down his hood, revealing a face exactly like Vasily's, and said of him to the droid commander, Ha! He is perfect for my plans to get back at the rotten Dark Empire people! Darkside Vasily here has Mr. Brutal Guy's midichlorians and force abilities. This armor he wears is made of freak alloy, which no lightsaber can cut through, and, most important of all, my good looks. <laughs> He's good! Then returned to his special clone. Right, Dark Vasily? Right. By the way, do you like to be called Darkside Vasily, or Dark Vasily better? I don't care. Either will do. He's good. He's good! The two laughed. <laughs> the Jedi got a lead regarding the current location of the Dark Empire. In exchange for immunity, Vasily gave them their vital information. Grand Jedi Master Siko Barak led a team of celebrated Jedi toward the ship which would take them there. They met with Jedi Master Arnie, an unusually muscular Jedi with a crew cut. He had just finished preparing his new personal ship, a classic YT-1300, which he affectionately named the Chopper. He and Delpa Gaval clasped each other's hands in greeting and had an arm wrestle in the air. Because of their force strength, it became a stalemate, but Arnie, with the muscles of his arm bulging, acted as if he was winning. What's the matter, Jedi Grandmaster? Did they get you pushing too many pens? They laughed. So, this is your new ship, said Master Toga, a blonde Jedi of about 43 years old. Yes, doesn't it look just like the Millennium Falcon, only in mint condition? The what? Master Toga pretended he didn't know just for a joke. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Arnie said in mock disappointment. Should I have? It's the ship that made the castle run in less than 12 parsecs said Jedi Knight Alora Kal, taking part in the joke. Nice of you to join us, Alora. I was told that you weren't coming, he said to the long blonde-haired woman of about twenty years old. Well, I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters, but on the way I then remembered that Republic credits aren't so good there. So I came back. They then boarded the chopper. Next, Master Damocles, the forty-year-old Jedi strategist and Master Swordsman. 
then the beautiful Master Luna McBride, a.k.a. Lady Luna, and finally, Jedi Knight Orion Nightstar, the twin brother of the infamous Lord Draconis. Nice new ship, Arnie, but do you think it's fast enough to get us there in time? Orion asked. Trust me. While aboard the chopper, the Jedi passed the time by either playing Dejaric or watching something on the holonet. As he played against Grandmaster Gival, Master Toga occasionally turned his attention to the screen. The channel had a live program of humans from Naboo, dancing to a newly made dance fad which Toga previously only heard of but never saw. A beat sounded as the Naboo waved their arms in front of themselves. The music paused and a deep voice said, Gungan style. As the beat continued, Master Arnie received the secret transmission by Vasily they expected. Greetings, Vasily. This is Master Arnie. Do you have the coordinates ready? Greeting! Transmitting coordinates now! It was obvious to Master Arnie that Vasily could hear the music to Gungan style because he started to do the arm movements associated with the dance. To him, it looked so silly that he wished to turn off the monitor, but he needed Vasily's information. Are the destroyer droids ready for action? Yes, Jedi Arnie guy. They are ready whenever you are. Excellent. By the way, how did you get all those destroyers? Master Arnie did not know about Vasily's Star Wars expertise. Vasily knew Colicoids manufactured destroyer droids and the Trade Federation were able to make good deals with them because of their taste in exotic meats, especially the type from outside their planet. Vasily was able to do the same with nerfs. Then the transmission of information completed. Vasily still kept doing the dance movements as the song played. Arnie gripped the top of his nasal bridge, eyes squinting from seeing too much of his silliness. Vasily's face showed concern. Jedi Arnie guy, what's the matter? Nothing, I just got a headache. It looks very bad. Maybe it's a tumor. It's not a tumor! Arnie denied. He then changed the subject. Most impressive, Vasily. Thank you for helping us in our campaign against the Sith. Master Arnie, out. After the transmission ceased, Vasily turned to Dark Vasily and Grievous behind him, excited that his three-month plan had been put into action. <laughs> Soon I get back at the rotten Dark Empire people. Soon, no more brutal guy, and no more Draki guy, and no more Dark Empire. <laughs> All the destroyer droids are ready for orders. You might give the signal to deploy at any time, said Grievous. This will be a day long remembered. We will soon see the end of Mr. Brutal Guy, and we will soon see the end of the rotten Dark Empire people, Vasily said as he rubbed his hands together in anticipation. And I'm ready to test my dark power against them, said Dark Vasily. Ready, are you? You must not rush to face them. Only you are not ready for battle. Dark Vasily disagreed angrily. I have my lightsaber, my special armor, a droid replica of Grievous here with us, and almost 1,000 droids. So why do you say I'm not ready for battle? Vasily turned out the technicality his Sith clone had overlooked. Because you forgot to put your pants on. All the Jedi, except Grand Jedi Masters Siko Barak and Delpa Kaval, disembarked from the chopper, and they took in their surroundings. They saw two towers at either side of them, both surrounded by factory complexes. With Master Arnie in the lead, they prepared to make their way toward the eastern complex to meet with Vasily's droid forces. As soon as the Jedi left the chopper, more than 500 feet away, 
Hundreds of destroyer droids came out of the Eastern Complex. All the Jedi saw that they deployed from their wheel mode and activated their shields. Instead of preparing to back them up, they intended to shoot them away. They all sensed this, took defensive stances and whatever cover was available upon the causeway between the complexes. Master Arnie got hit a few times. Only his Jedi endurance saved him. He shouted back to the others, It's no use! Retreat! Then endured another two shots. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! Grand Jedi Master Seiko Barak called Master Toga's comlink from inside and ordered him to remain at the scene and use his Infinite Chaos skill, an ability which only he used in extreme emergencies. With lightsaber ready, Toga activated the skill he alone possessed and summoned copies of himself from alternate universes to join the fight. Upwards of a thousand have been done before, and that was the number he tried for that day. With so few Jedi left, they could not afford to lose Master Arnie if he could help it. Lightsabers deflected shots. Acrobatic movements were used to spread out as others used telekinesis to throw the destroyer droids about. Though real, Master Toga used the force to carry Master Arnie as the overwhelming numbers of his copies commenced reducing the other opposing droids' numbers. As soon as the two made it back, Orion Nightstar closed the entrance to the ship. No one needed to be told that Master Arnie had sustained too much damage for even the Bacta tank to save him. He looked at Toga and spoke his last words. I'll be back. Then, his body disappeared and his Jedi robes fell to the floor as his physical form ceased to exist. Why Arnie said those words was not clear. Then he appeared as a Force ghost and said to Toga, I always, always wanted, wanted to, to say, say that. that, then disappeared. Vasily was horrified at what he saw upon the monitor. The droid army did the opposite of what had been planned. Why you shoot at the Jedi? We need them, he said to his Sith clone. Okay, we take care of them later. We'll get the Sith first. No! You are supposed to help the Jedi get those Dark Empire people! Ha! Ah, Dark Vasily scoffed brashly. Where is the fun in that? After I get the Sith, I'll take over the Dark Empire, and then I'll have all the Jedi to myself. <laughs> Dark Vasily laughed in defiance. And after I get the Jedi, I will rule the galaxy. <laughs> Vasily then knew that his plan backfired. He failed to take into account that his Sith clone would turn against him. You, you piece of slime, will watch me do it. Dark Vasily ordered Grievous to carry the Star Wars expert, and the droid's arms separated into four and grabbed a limb each to lift him. Come on, Grievous. He wants us to get rid of those Dark Empire people. So let's get them. <laughs> the droid marched after the Sith clone. All the Jedi remained hidden with the use of the Force. They observed and waited for all the Sith to arrive at the meeting so that none of them could escape their imminent raid. Only Master Damocles and Lady Luna took a closer look as the rest of the Jedi remained hidden among the gigantic structural durasteel rafters. The two saw a large, strong-looking man wearing a dark half-mask and dressed in a black tunic with red tabards over dark pants, reminiscent of a Sith assassin. It was none other than Darth Perseus. His two young apprentices were also with him. Damocles and Lady Luna recognized the one in the brown robe as Darth Asmodus, and the one in a long hooded cloak as King Sabbath of Naboo. 
they eavesdropped as they waited for the other Sith to arrive at their scheduled meeting. Where's Shavillo and Fortiri? I can't understand what's keeping them. I was hoping that they would be here by the time Lord Bruticus and Lord Draconis arrive, said an impatient Darth Perseus. Nah, you just want those girls to be here before they do because you think they're cute, said his apprentice, King Sabbath of Naboo. Perseus' other apprentice, Darthas Modus, laughed. Oh, but so do you, Sabbath. His distinctive voice sounded like that of the Emperor, only much younger and thinner in tone. Of course they are. Have you seen the Jedi females? They look so boring. I've given up finding one to convert into a Sith long before I found McQueen, Sabbath answered them both. Well, Asmodus, if you find one to convert, then all you'll have to say is, may the dark side flow through you, always. Neither Darth Asmodus nor King Sabbath followed what their master Perseus said. Never mind, I just always wanted to say that. Another voice boomed, a tone of amusement accompanying it. No, the words you need are, in time you will call me Master. <laughs> Lord Bruticus said as he reached the south entrance to the chamber. It's never that easy to convert a Jedi, King Sabbath stated the obvious. I'm just joking. I just always wanted to say that, Bruticus entered, followed by Lord Draconis. Does anyone else have anything to say, or are there going to be more bad jokes? Lord Draconis said in a sarcastic tone of voice. Darth Asmodus responded. What's the internal temperature of a tauntaun? Luke warm. Draconis groaned as others laughed at Asmodus' act to annoy him on purpose. A transmission came through. Lord Draconis acknowledged it. Let's prepare ourselves for the conference. They've just landed in the hangar. When they get here, I want to try something. Let's tell them what we've decided who we think is cuter once and for all. I want to see their reaction when I say, my wife, said King Sabbath. The other two laughed. Draconis didn't share their mood for juvenile silliness as Darth Perseus and his other apprentice Darth Asmodus began discussing ideas for amusing themselves. When Jabba the Hutt broadcast a generous bounty on Vasily three months before, Darth Shavilla went as far as to storm Darth Fortiri's Bespin residence to capture him, killing all her guards in the process before succeeding. After Jabba declared the bounty null and void, Shavillo agreed to take the place of Fortiri's guards to compensate for her actions until the new guards complete their special training. Although Darth Ismodus was also involved, Fortiri let him go because the raid wasn't his idea. No, don't encourage them. Ever since Shavillo took the place of Fortiri's guards, they've been fighting like kids. She is crazy, and Fortiri has the misfortune of putting up with her every day. Suddenly, a new voice sounded. Yeah, which one of us is cuter, said Shavillo. Both she and Fortiri laughed, hoping they'd feel embarrassed at the realization that their conversation was overheard, then became quiet to await their answers. Draconis slapped himself with a facepalm. He didn't need any more idiocy disrupting what was meant to be a serious meeting. Oh, don't you start, he groaned loudly, all too irritated. Lord Bruticus put a stop to it by formally declaring the conference to be in session after he got his dose of amusement from the situation. The meeting was about to begin, but then a change in mood occurred. Alert! Security has detected intruders! Darthus Modus informed them from the monitor he observed. He saw the 100 which remained after Master Toga's copies ran out of time to exist into this dimension. According to plan, the Jedi showed themselves and trapped the Sith of the Dark Empire within the spacious conference chamber and waited for the destroyer droids to arrive, 
which they did in under a minute later. Master Toga charged toward the nearest Sith, forcing Darth Asmodus to back into the northeast corridor and disappear from view even as he cast Darkseid Lightning defensively. Toga also used that tactic to separate him from the other Sith. Jedi Knight Alora Kal's blade met Darth Fortiri's Sith Saber. Lady Luna started to fight off Darth Shavillo. The two somersaulted away from the others, and by the time Luna saw them again, it was when Darth Fortiri shouted to Alora. No, I do not think I look exactly like you if I was human. Stupid question. Alora laughed in response. Grand Jedi Master Seiko Barak, the most powerful of the Jedi, confronted Darth Perseus. He used his white lightsaber blade to bypass Perseus' green and red sabers. Delpa Gaval took on King Sabbath after catching him off guard using his famous force push at full power. King Sabbath defended himself with his dual-bladed lightsaber and Sith lightning. Jedi Knight Orion Nightstar engaged his own twin. Remember our agreement, you weren't supposed to show your face in a galaxy again, said Orion. No, Orion. That agreement was made in the other fan fiction, Lord Draconis reminded his twin brother. Oh yeah, Orion remembered. That explains why you don't have the scar. What scar? Ah! Hey, be careful with that thing when I'm talking to you. Sorry, Orion apologized for the accident, and then Draconis placed his hand over his face to relieve the lightsaber slash with the force. This is an entirely different fan fiction. The agreement doesn't apply here. Orion became clear. You're right. In that case, let's go! And resumed their fight. By then, the destroyer droids arrived. Master Damocles attempted to rescue Vasily. Grievous let go of his captive to engage the Master Swordsman. Jedi slang! I am built from the same specifications and a direct copy of the original programming as developed by Count Dooku. Nevertheless, there is no way you could possibly defeat me. Prepare to meet your doom, Jedi! Vasily's legs felt too sore from being held by Grievous, so he made no attempt to run and chose to recover before doing so. Dark Vasily confronted Lord Bruticus himself as the hundred destroyer droids fired freely at the rest of the Jedi and Sith alike. He lowered his hood and introduced himself. So, brutal guy, I get you today. Then the Dark Empire, then the galaxy will belong to me. The Sith clone had drawn his weapon, a rectangular box with a long, flat extension. He pulled the cord at the back, and the multiple blades of his light chainsaw activated. The short blades rotated so quickly that they appeared to be one continuous aura of red light accompanying the strange sound it made. It was as if 70 light daggers moved at once. You can't beat me, brutal guy. My armor is made of freak alloy, and my shield is made of cortosis, so watch it if it shuts down your lightsaber. <laughs> Dark Vasily visibly relished the battle he was about to get involved with, despite Lord Bruticus being unfazed. Freak alloy armor. Ha! Cortosis shield. Ha! I'm not fearful of those in the slightest, and now you will experience the full power of the dark side of the Force. Lord Bruticus' eyes glowed yellow with dark side evil. No amount of armor, shield, or blades on his light chainsaw could stop the signature attack of Lord Bruticus, his Force flatulence at full blast. <laughs> 
I bet he wasn't prepared for that, said Lord Draconis. Everyone witnessed the effects of the Dark Lord's attack from a safe distance. So uncivilized, said Jedi Grandmaster Delpa Gaval, then turned to Siko Barak. I always wanted to say that. So, it's your fault again, you mentally deficient buffoon. Lord Bruticus' angry grin was not needed to scare the Star Wars expert away. Bruticus' force ran, only to be blocked by none other than Grand Jedi Master Seiko Barak, already in stance with weapon ready. The red blade of Bruticus' saber clashed many times with Seiko's white blade in just a few seconds, both so powerful with the force that neither were able to pass through each other's guard. Let me through. Don't you think we all should go and teach that piece of slime a lesson after betraying your side as well? No, it was Dark Vasily himself who turned all of his forces against both our sides. It was he who gave all the commands. Vasily is his prisoner, Draconis clarified. Upon realization, both sides relaxed their stances. Very well. What lesson did you have in mind? Siko Barak began his negotiation. Lord Bruticus answered and Siko agreed. Leave it to us. We'll help you get him back. Vasily attempted to find a ship by looking along corridor after corridor before finding a map to direct him to the nearest hangar. As soon as he turned the corner, he saw Master Damocles standing far at the end and fled in another direction. The memory he had of the Jedi strategist and Master Swordsman not too pleasant. His mind went back to the moment when he was at Lord Bruticus' place and needed to relieve himself badly. To get back at him, the Dark Lord purposefully left no toilet paper. The plan backfired because Vasily frantically went from room to room to search for something to use when he saw the Dark Lord's cat lying upon the bed and said, Nice kitty! Months later, Master Damocles asked Vasily if he gave the cat a bath. Caught, he reluctantly tried to soften his answer before falling to Damocles' force influence. He mesmerized Vasily into finding a lightsaber, then instructed him to turn it on and run it through himself. Shortly after another of his reincarnations, the news reached King Sabbath. Disgusted, he too asked the Star Wars expert of the incident. With the use of a force run, Master Damocles caught up with Vasily and brought him into a small chamber where Lord Bruticus awaited. This was the moment Vasily had dreaded for a long time. He met the gaze of Lord Bruticus and froze in fear. You foolish piece of slime! This time you have gone too far. This time you must be punished as you've never been before. And I promise that you will hate it. Out of the shadows came another dark figure. Startled, Vasily jumped back as soon as he caught sight of the other Sith Lord. Ah! Draki guy! Yeah, you're definitely going to hate it. Naughty, 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 said Draki guy. He saw King Sabbath enter as well. He knew that there was clearly no way out of the situation. Vasily's fear all too visible. Can you guess what it is? Lord Bruticus tried to make himself sound even more frightening, his eyes burning yellow with dark side power. You are not going to put me back in carbonite, are you? Worse, said Lord Bruticus. He dreaded feeling Sith lightning again. You are not going to shock me, are you, brutal guy? Worse. You are not going to kill me with your forcey fart, are you? Worse. 
No, no, brutal guy, you're not going to send me to Jabba's palace to that hut slave girl, he said, dreading to see Radmilla again, a hut slave girl who's literally a hut. To add to that fear, she was in love with him. Worse. Oh, no, you are not going to feed me to Bowser, your pet rancor, are you? Worse. Then, with a forced gesture from Bruticus' hand, he pressed a switch on a control panel at the other side of the chamber. The portcullis raised. It opened a dark chamber large enough to house the largest of rankers. The last time Vasily experienced a moment like this was when Radmilla the Hutt slithered out at breakneck speed and tried to hug and kiss him. Out came something even more terrifying. Vasily froze as it walked on all fours towards him. The creature said, Oh, worse, thought Vasily. Everything Vasily needed had already been placed on the counter next to him. In his fear, he made one final futile attempt to wriggle his way out of his punishment. But, Mr. Brutal Guy, do you remember the disclaimer? It said, no animals were harmed in any way during the filming of this episode. Lord Bruticus countered with an evil smile. True then purposefully spoke in an intimidating tone. But it also said, But the cat can still use a bath. <laughs> the self-proclaimed Star Wars expert shuddered loudly, enough for all to hear. He had hoped that he would never need to do what he was about to be forced to do. This time, there was no getting out of it. Lord Bruticus said to his pet, Elvis, jump into the sink. Under the watchful observation by Lord Bruticus, Lord Draconis, Master Damocles, and King Sabbath, the long-overdue moment they all waited for had finally come. Vasily got to work in giving Lord Bruticus' cat a bath. He felt every reason to be nervous, for Elvis was no ordinary cat. Lord Bruticus stood laughing, filming the moment and enjoying the way his unique pet made the experience quite unpleasant, according to his owner's plan. Since water is a good conductor of electricity, Elvis Sith Lightning had its effect on Vasily in the same way. No, no, nice kitty, he said as he got enveloped by its dark side lightning. <laughs> Lord Bruticus laughed at the way Vasily shook from the electrocution. Ominous meowing and hissing sounded from the Dark Lord's pet. Bites and scratches and the occasional lightning burst continued even as he used a towel to dry him. Vasily Gikovich Popov, the self-proclaimed Star Wars expert, finally got what he deserved after what he did to the cat loved by both Jedi and Sith alike. Lord Bruticus laughed ominously once again as the dried-up Sith cat jumped into the Dark Lord's arms. It stared at Vasily in warning, the only sound to come out of it a reminder to learn his lesson. He is under Jedi protection, said Lady Luna in her diplomatic voice. Those within the Dark Empire were, of course, reluctant to let Vasily go. What's so important about him? Who is he, the Chosen One? He's nothing special, he's just a naughty boy, said Bruticus. Neither side said a thing after that, because they both agreed. Lord Bruticus decided to let Vasily go, now that he got what he deserved. Master Damocles approached to collect him. Fine, Vasily, go with this Jedi slime, er, I mean, master. He did so, and Lord Draconis added, Congratulations, Jedis. 
You now have the most annoying man in the galaxy under your protection. Yeah, take him away. He's naughty. He doesn't think either of us are cute, said Darth Shavillo. What's the worst that can happen? Master Toga replied. Both Fortiri and Shavillo were taken aback. I always wanted to say that, he said to Master Damocles as they all escorted Vasily to the chopper. The last thing he heard from the Dark Empire people was Darth Fortiri calling out, Did you really mean it when you said that you didn't think either of us are cute? And then Darth Shavillo shutting her up. By the time all the Jedi neared the ship and well away from the Sith, Master Damocles told Vasily of some news which might interest him. Now that you have made amends, Vasily, I have a favor to grant a friend of mine. There's someone who'd love to meet you. I think you're going to like her. She's a hut slave girl. Upon hearing about a hut slave girl, Vasily ran away in panic because he had no desire to be near Radmilla the hut ever again. He reached a manufacturing area at the end of a wide corridor. Still panicking, he shouted, Close the blast doors! Close the blast doors! The Ugnot workers within the manufacturing area hit the controls after the protocol droid, who worked with them, relayed what he said with a translation. Vasily looked at the monitor, almost too afraid of how upset the hut slave girl would feel for not staying to meet her, then saw that his hut slave girl wasn't literally a hut after all. She looked just like Ula, Jabba's dancer. Open the blast doors! Open the blast doors! he said suddenly, quite excited. As Vasily and the hut slave girl named Ulala walked back to her speeder, they talked. To Vasily's pleasant surprise, she spoke to him in his native Russian, and fluently. Vasily, how could someone from within the Star Wars universe possibly know how to speak Vasily's native language? He had to know, so he asked. Ulala told him that she used to be part of an exploration team of time warp researchers and volunteered to go through one of them. She found herself on a planet a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, where she remained for six years before returning, only to find herself in Jabba the Hutt's palace. Vasily Gikovich Popov, the self-proclaimed Star Wars expert, felt better than he had for a long time. He was finally free of Lord Bruticus and with a hut slave girl who was not a hut herself. As Ulala flew her speeder to follow the Jedi ships, the two laughed in the pleasure of each other's company. So long, Mr. Brutal Guy, cheered Vasily, pretending that the Sith Lord was within earshot of what he said. Ulala cheered with him, both feeling so excited at their newfound freedom, laughing all the way with their joyful happiness continuing on and on, until the speeder crashed into a cliff. Lord Bruticus lowered his hands to cease his force gestures after diverting their speeder's course. He'll be back, Lord Jaconis stated the obvious about Vasily's ability to turn up alive after each death. All too irritated, Lord Bruticus bellowed, Don't remind me.